0: The opportunity to stand in your pulpit once again, my friend, that's an honor and a privilege. I don't count it very lightly that I would be able to share such a place. And I looked on the screen whenever I walked in, and I'm glad that you chose a different picture of me this time, because the last time, my face wouldn't hardly fit on that big screen up there. (laughs) And I had lost a little weight since the first time that I'd been down here until the last but now I'm gaining it back. I had a little surgery between then and now, and I uh, picked up some of the weight that I had lost. But anyway, uh, on that screen are Brother Brian Poindexter, we had uh, Brother Steins, we have Brother Jason Penley, and I'm going to go ahead and get a plug in. Anytime you get a free plug, you need to take it. But uh, Brother Penley would be with us this coming week, starting Sunday night at 6 o'clock through next Friday night. Uh, it'll be the 18th through the 23rd up at Calvary, way up yonder. Uh, we're at 6... <laughs> We're at 1624 on Pads Road up in North Wilkesboro. It's really Wilkesboro. We, our ad, mailing address is North Wilkesboro. If you're looking for us, go up 421. And when you see the Dodge dealership, the Lowe's Hardware, Chick-fil-A, am I getting closer, Ricky? I, I've got to get down to the food. See, I've got to get down to the food. Okay, Ricky, you pass McDonald's, and then at the next light, take a right. If you'll take a light at the next right, pass McDonald's, and you'll go to the stop sign where you can go no further and you'll take a left, you're sitting at Calvary. We're about one minute from Walmart, and that's where we're at. Uh, We're at 1624 Pads Road, which is North Wilkesboro, but like I said, we're just a minute off the beaten path. Uh, And it is a joy to be back down here. Uh, I remember each time that I'm here, I've been trying to bring messages that would help you. Uh, The last message, if you'll remember, was a message of warning uh, that Satan has got traps and snares and all kinds of devices that will trick us and snare us. Uh, if I remember correctly, the first time I came, I told you that you have a unique opportunity. And I preached about the opportunities that were presented unto us. We used a young man by the name of Eutychus who sat in the third loft window while Paul was long preaching. But tonight, I don't know why the Lord put this message on my heart other than I, I, I use Facebook. I don't preach against Facebook. If you use right, uh, it can be another tool that can be used to help and further the gospel. Uh, It lets the people that you may not otherwise have a chance to share the gospel with, they will friend you because they work with you, or they go to school with you, or they know you. Uh, They'll send you a friend request because I know, because they do me the same way. Uh, But that can be an instrument and a tool to be used. And I've watched your church in the last little bit. And I'm telling you what, there's some exciting things at Calvary North. Uh, To watch the building be erected across the street, that shows excitement. And what that does, it shows life. I don't want to be a part of something that's dying. I, I, I don't like being around death. I just don't. I'm acquainted uh, with death already as a pastor. I, I, I've buried over 40 of our own members since I've been the pastor there at Calvary. And uh, if you take 40 people out of your congregation, and I'm not talking about 40, just 40 people, uh, I'm talking about 40 prayer warriors, uh, 40 sword sw- sw- waivers, and 40 prayer uh, partners, and 40... Uh, deacons and these are people that just fought the the fight they've kept the faith and you don't quickly get over their loss so i'm acquainted with grief already and i'm acquainted with death already and i don't want to be around something that's always dead and dying but to see a church that's building and uh, i watched your your videos and i don't know why but i i don't even know why i followed calvary Calvary North, or why, you know, watch, but I do. I tune in, and you probably would do me the same way. I saw that uh, excitement around your Bible school. And, Brother Brandon, it just r- raised me up a little bit. Why? Because I saw those kids and the platform that had been built and all the stuff that was put into that. Uh, it wasn't haphazardly done, it was an effort that was uh, well designed and put forth. And I got to thinking to myself, somebody is trying to reach this next generation for Christ. And I believe that that's maybe why we're in the scriptures that we're in tonight. I said I was going to do it, then I said I wasn't going to do it, but I believe we are going to do it tonight. Uh, Brother Casey, come back over to the piano. I, I asked him to do it, then I said, no, we're not going to do it for sake of time, but I, I'm, I'm just going to quit second-guessing God. Uh, Casey's one of our young people at our church, and I want to encourage our young people. I got my daughter with me tonight. I didn't even know she was coming tonight, but I, I've got a daughter that just moved, and uh, she's now living in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. She's going to uh, be teaching up there. She got her master's this summer from Florida State uh, while she was in London, England, did a cohort over there. And my son-in-law's getting his doctorate degree at Brown University, and they moved up there. And you say, well, my goodness, you've got people spread out everywhere. Uh, my wife and I both, and it's harder said then it is done, and she'll tell you. It's, uh, we've said that we would rather see them in the Lord's will on the backwoods of Nairobi, Kenya or somewhere than sitting in our back door and be out of God's will. And I believe that. Uh, They went to a church this weekend up there. And I even reached out to your pastor, Brother Pope. And I told him, I said, my daughter's going up north. And I don't even, I don't know of any churches up there. And he said he had friends that were in that area. And uh, we've had others that told us of uh, churches up there. And uh, since found out your friend has left the area and moved on. But uh, they're they're trying to find a place. They moved up last week. And uh, already this Sunday, they were already in a Baptist church up there looking for a place to worship. Uh, They said it was a first Baptist church. Only run about 50 some people. Said the service was good. And the, uh, the spirit was good and the message was good But it just wasn't Calvary And if you've been a part of Calvary This Calvary or that Calvary Then you know what they're talking about It's just not home yet But I pray that they will find it uh, But Brother Casey is going to sing a song That uh, it's near and dear to my heart I thank the Lord for his blessings on me And I've asked him to sing this tonight And uh, I just want the Lord to be in control I don't want to be in control I'm going to preach if the Lord will allow that I promise you this But I want to reach this next generation, and when we come into these little churches like Calvary South and Calvary North and Calvary way up yonder, they're they're unique. They're different in that they we still hold we still have things that a lot of the other churches don't. You still have a steeple. Do you realize that all of your more modern, contemporary churches now the abstract churches. The foundation church, this church, that church, they meet in every empty storefront in town. But they don't have a steeple. They don't have a hymnal. Some of them don't even have a pastor. They just have a communal leader. Some of them don't have a Bible. You say, really, they don't have a Bible? No, they just hand out whatever they want the, the, uh, the to church to study that night. They don't use the King James Bible, if they even have a Bible. They don't have a baptistry. They don't see the need in believers' baptism, following the Lord into the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They don't have the bonnet waivers. They don't have the shouters, the silent prayers, the tears. They don't have all of that. Brother Chris, you know what I'm talking about. We've seen them. They're springing up all around us. They're springing up in your community, in my community. And they come in under different names, and I'm telling you, You've got something special right here. Very, very, very special. You're not unique in that you're the only one that have it. We've got it up at our church. Uh, to see Brother Chris and Preston and all, so many of ours come down here tonight. It's a blessing. Uh, but uh, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to preach a message here in just a little bit. And you'll see why I'm going, where I'm going. Remove not the ancient landmarks that our forefathers have set. There's some things that have been planted There's some things that have been established. There's some things that are here. It's for your daughter, Ricky. It's for your son. It's for these little guys. It's for those that you hosted during the Bible school that don't generally go to church, but yet come in here and still yet made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Brother Casey, if you will sing. I'm going to sit down for just a moment. And like I said, I'm going to preach. The Lord will let me. I want to preach this message because I believe that God has put it on my heart. And I'll say this, I love your pastor, and I love Miss Tammy. I love Miss Tammy and Brother Steve better than Tammy loves ice cream. I do. And you know how much she loves ice cream. Miss Tammy loves ice cream almost as much as my wife likes ice cream. It's something about the pastor's wife and ice cream, but I love y'all more than your wife likes ice cream, and that's a lot. And I challenge you as a pastor to guard this place. And I challenge you, Ricky, and you, brother, I, I challenge y'all to be the Aaron in his life, to be the her. When he's fighting Amalek, and he's at Riphidim, and the sun's going down, and his rod's getting heavy, and his arms are getting tired, you hold his arms up. The Bible says that Amalek was discomfited with a sword. Why? Because God was in the midst. The Bible said they propped him up on a rock, held up his arms, went on either side, I'm going to ask you to do that for him because he can't do this alone. I can't do it up at Calvary. I've got one of my deacons with me tonight. I've got one of my late leaders, Sunday school teacher. I've got a young preacher. I've got, what are you, Preston? (laughs) (laughs) Got one of my born-again believers. Turn with me to the book of Joshua. I'm I'm going there, Brother Casey. Joshua chapter number 5. I'm going to read you a verse. As you're finding your place in Joshua, I'm sorry, chapter number 4 of Joshua. While you're finding your place, the book of Proverbs says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. It says, Remove not the old landmarks and enter not into the fields of the fathers. For the Redeemer is mighty, for he shall plead his cause with thee. Two verses out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, talks about removing not the ancient landmarks. I hope and pray that you'll never remove the things that matter. Amen. That was done with Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Whenever they took the temple vessels, they took the temple vessels of gold. And what did they replace them with? Vessels of brass. You know that gold, in and of itself, will shine forever. That ring was put on my wife, put on by my wife, thirty-two plus years ago. I've never polished it. I've never took anything to it, brother Ricky. It still shines just like it was the day she put it on there. Why? Because it's gold. But what's happening in your local church is the gold has been stripped. The gold is missing. The gold is dying on. The preciousness of the house of God is slowly slipping out of here. And what Satan is doing is putting in a cheap counterfeit. He's putting brass right back in the pew where the gold once sat. And what your pastor is having to do. I know I'm a pastor. I'm not pastored as long as he has, but I'm a pastor. If you pastor two or two hundred, you're a pastor. What we're doing, Brother Ricky, we're trading gold for brass. And that brass, my friends, when it gets into the storms of life, it starts to tarnish. And then you have to get out the brasso, and you have to start polishing on that stuff. And, brother, I'm tired of polishing brass. I wish that, God, we'd have a church full of gold, and it'd shine just because it's gold. I, it would shine just because it's gold, because that's what the Lord put there. If he'll purify the dross out of it, it'll shine on its own right. He won't have to polish it. It'll just shine because it's gold. Brother Casey sing this song. If you've got a blessing in your life, you want to thank the Lord, raise your hand, sing along with Him. I don't care, but I'm going to ask Him to sing this song, and then we're going to bring just a short message tonight on my heart. I'll preach real fast if y'all listen real fast.
1: As the world looks upon me, as I struggle along They say I have nothing Oh, but they are so wrong In my heart I'm rejoicing How I wish they could see Thank you, Lord, for your blessings There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. Can I do that second verse again? Now I know I'm not wealthy, and these clothes are not new. I don't have much money, but Lord... Sings on me
0: Thank you brother Did you enjoy that? Amen I surely did Brother Casey I appreciate you coming I didn't even know you and Miss Allie were coming You pray for this young man He's getting married in about A month and a half, two months, I I don't know, I haven't counted it down, he'd probably get get you down to the minute or pretty close to it, but anyway, he and his fiancee are sitting back there, and uh, Allie, honey, we're praying for y'all, thank you for coming tonight. Uh, Miss Macy, if you'll get a song ready for the invitation, I want you to sing uh, Run to Jesus, if you will, because I I believe that to be what the theme will be tonight. Uh, Years ago, I heard a message from Dr. Joe Arthur, y'all know Brother Joe, I guess, Uh, Many of you will know this message, but Brother Joe preached a message about an Israeli grandpa, an old Hebrew grandpa, and he told it from the grandpa's point of view that the grandpa uh, was sitting around and uh, musing over the pile of stones that was pitched at Gilgal while uh, the children were running and playing. Grandpa was sitting there, and the hot tears were staining his cheeks while he looked at that pile of rocks. And uh, if I were to have Brother Ricky bring in like he did the last time in my traps, I would have said, Brother Ricky, go out and find me twelve stones. And pile them things up right in front of the communion table. And I did that many, many years ago. Miss Cindy would remember that. We were at a, a little church running revival. I don't know, probably uh, 12, 15 years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. But uh, that night, I think about five or maybe eight kids got saved. Amen. And I thank God for that. But that was then and this is now. Uh, but one of the kids come in whenever I had pitched that pile of rocks right in front of the communion table. Uh, I kind of did it in the same aspect. And if I plagiarized somebody, I'll give them credit. Uh, And I'm not plagiarizing Brother Joe, but if I was going to, he'd be a good one. And if I was going to uh, plagiarize one of Brother Steve's messages, I'd love to preach out about the rumble strips. I've never been able to do that because I happen to God's never give it to me. But uh, he preached at Faith Community Baptist Church on the rumble strips one time. And uh, listen, folks, my heroes don't drive race cars, and I'm not against NASCAR. My heroes don't swing a bat or run and jump, swim and play. I, uh, my heroes are those that have stood the gap, stood in the stood the test of time. And, and I'll give credit where credit's due. But Brother Joe preached that message uh, like a grandpa maybe talking to grandchildren, and it was a back-and-forth discourse about, Grandpa, what's up with these rocks, or what does this pile of stones mean? And Brother Joe went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth about what those stones uh, meant during that time. And That's kind of what I'm going to do tonight, except that I'm not going to do everything that Brother Joe did, because I'm not Brother Joe, and this is not his message. This is the message that God had sent for you guys tonight. <clears throat> and I do invite you to stand and give reverence to the reading of God's Word, uh, this being found in the fourth chapter of the book of, the, uh, book of Joshua tonight and we're at the memorial crossing of the Jordan and i want to say tonight that the red sea was not the only portion of water that was parted hither and thither uh, the jordan also was parted that way uh, as it were at the red sea <clears throat> and i'm going to read tonight at joshua chapter number 4 and i'll read the first 7 verses then i'll pick up in 20 and go through 24 the bible said it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan. That the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men of the twelve of the people, out of every man, tribe a man, and command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, at twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan and take you up, every man of you, a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, uh, that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord... Uh, When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Now, I told you about that revival that I preached with those kids getting saved. I had brought in a pile of stones. And it was as if it were scripted. It was not scripted. But I I sat on the pew about where your daughter's sitting, Brother Ricky. And as I sat on that pew, it was just, Brother Chris, as before the Lord ever led y'all to Calvary, many years before that, I sat there on that pew, and I wasn't the pastor of the church. I was just the visiting visiting evangelist. I would be the one that would be bringing the message. Uh, And this young man that was brought in a part of their bus ministry, he comes right up to me, and he said, Are you the preacher? And I said, I'm the preacher that's preaching tonight. He said, Are are you the pastor? And I said, No, I'm not the pastor. I'm just the one bringing the message tonight. And he said, Well, I want to ask you a question. And I said, Yeah, go ahead. I didn't know what he wanted. It's before the service, Brother Steve, before we ever got started. He looked over at the pile of rocks that I had placed at the front of the church of Brother Brandon as if it were scripted. He said, what's up with these rocks? And I said, I'm so glad you ask." And you know to this day, Brother Ricky, him asking that question is the modern-day vernacular. It's the modern-day equivalency of what the Bible said that the kids would ask. Because look what it says now in 20, down through number 24... And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch at Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in the time come, saying, What mean these stones? That's 2019 for what's up with these rocks? That's what it is. Preacher, what's up with these padded chairs? What's up with this baptistry? What's up with that steeple? What's wrong with Little Jones back there crying? Preacher, why is your wife up there crying? Preacher, why is that little lady waving a bonnet? Why is that man singing that song? Why, preacher, do they do what they do? Why do you use the King James Bible? Why do you folks uh, get into, what is that up there at the front where everybody goes and kneels? What's up with that altar? And you know, Brother Ricky, we need an altar. (coughs) The Bible says we have an altar that they don't have a part of. But we need to keep those things and keep them active in the local church. You need to keep the main thing the main thing. You can grow Calvary north by putting in many programs uh, and many different things for the young people and you could grow your church astronomically you could grow it beyond measure by putting in the things that people want but bless god when you put in the things that people want a lot of times you leave out the things that god wants and then the next thing you know you've not only blew up but you blew out and the next thing you know your church is frazzled you don't know what you're doing anymore But whenever the kids would come along and they asked the question, what mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know The hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Brother Chris, ask God to bless us.
2: worship. But God, I pray that we seek after those old things. Or where there's uh, the Lord the, the best way, the only way. Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we just continue on that path. God, I pray that you continue to have your hand upon this place, Lord, this church. God, I pray that you continue to bless your pastor. Lord, I pray that Lord for the service, Lord, over the prisons, Lord, I pray that you just bless Lord the brother over there. God I pray that Lord let us Lord see many souls, Lord, not for us, Lord, but for you. Lord, I pray that you do the work tonight. Lord, we thank you what you've done. We give you praise what you can do. In Christ's name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen as you be a seated tonight. Brother Steve, if it's all right, if I take off my jacket, I know you come up to Calvary and you're up there and you never take off your jacket, but I've never been (coughs) one to chop wood with a coat on, so if you don't mind, if that'd be all right with you guys, and if that offends you, I'll put it back on because I don't want to put something before you that would cause you to be offended. Go back to the book of Exodus tonight, because if the kids were to ask what mean these stones or what's up with these rocks... We need to be able to tell them exactly what it was. And it said in the latter part of the fourth chapter of the book of Joshua that you could answer and you can say that the hand of the Lord is mighty upon the people. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. That the hand of the Lord is still mighty in 2019. The hand of the Lord is strong. He's a strong arm in which to lean on. And I want to take us very early into the scriptures tonight. And I want to show you with the help of the Lord tonight, and like I said, I use Brother Joe's message as a, a catalyst, if you will, a, a reference point uh, that the Lord used in my life to understand that there's a generation that's behind us that's requiring a, a something from us. And if that generation behind us is requiring something from us, then, bless God, we ought to serve God with singleness of heart. Yeah. And we ought to serve him with purpose in our hearts and minds uh, and do it with a full, every bit of every uh, uh, inkling of an unction and understanding. And we ought to do it with all the vitality and all the muster. Yeah. Brother Chris, we ought to do it with all the power that God will give us in our hearts to do it in. And bless God, because he has given us a mandate. He has given us the late-day church... Uh, uh, the opportunity to do something that such a time as this, as it were mentioned in the book of Esther, to let that next generation that's coming up behind us know that God's still God. He has not lost any power. He has not diminished any of it. He has not relinquished it to another. He will not share his glory. He will not give up his power. <coughs> Brother Chris, he's not gonna let uh, this one have a little bit and that one have a little bit. But God, he's got all power in heaven and in earth and it belongs singularly unto him. He said I am the Lord and beside me according to the book of Isaiah there is no Savior. Bless God. He's a jealous God and we need to know that. But we're going to go early in the book of Genesis and i preach really quickly. But I want you to understand something that what I preach tonight although I might use my wife I may use myself. I may use your pastor or our church it applies uniquely unto every single one of us. Brother Robbie it applies to the van children that you and Miss Tammy go out and round up every week about 30 kids, 20 to 30 kids every given Sunday are going to pile into the church buses up at Calvary way up yonder and bless God he's going to bring them to church and he's going to bring them in there and they're going to take them down to our family life center and he's going to feed them breakfast and then when they get done with breakfast he's going to give them some little token toy, he's going to give them a piece of candy, he's going to give them something and if Ricky Gravley's message, I've already quoted from Brother Joe and I'll quote from Brother Ricky Gravely, if you don't know him, you ought to get to know him because iron sharpeneth iron, and Brother Gravely will help you if you'll let him. But he's written this little book. It's called Taking the Bus to Calvary. And bless God, he talks about how somebody uh, took him to church on a yes. church bus and gave him a peppermint stick. And the only reason he went to church every weekend and week out was to get that piece of candy. Yes. And bless God, I want you to understand something. Uh, yeah, you give them a little piece of candy. Yeah, you give them a little something. It ain't going to hurt you. And you said you're bribing those kids. Uh, bless God, Brother Robbie. Sometimes you got to do that to keep them from killing each other uh, back there on the back of the van. But uh, bless God, while they're there, you don't think they're listening. <coughs> but bless God, my wife will sit there and she'll have one or two. And my daughter's got one or two of them. Uh, Brother Casey, you've seen them where they go. They sit up on the piano bench with her while Macy's playing the piano. Brother Steve, a lot of times she'll have one on either side of her. And she's a And those tickling those ivories, and she got a kid on either side of her. Let me tell you, they're watching you, they're watching me. And bless God, they need to see something in us. It's more than a piece of candy. They need to know that the hand of the Lord is mighty upon us. And bless God, that it's not some gimmick, it's not some gadget, it's the hand of Almighty God. Whenever I say this, and I don't don't tell this to be boastful or bragging, I didn't even know it took place, but last week uh, my daughter moved to Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and I had no idea that my wife (coughs) spent the entire part of her day in our family altar. I didn't know that until she testified. And my wife doesn't testify a lot, uh, so honey, when you do, I listen she just, I saw her going to the altar last Wednesday night. Uh, Brother Steve, that's the day before my daughter and my son-in-law took off, and they moved up north, and uh, my wife just went, and she just fell. She didn't uh, bow. She fell into the altar just waving her hands in the air, and she was praising the Lord, and you know why? Uh, because she has spent the latter part of the better part of the day in our family altar, which brings us to our first point tonight, and here we are in the book of Exodus, and you say, what's it all about? Uh, she was in that altar she was crying. Uh, Casey, she was crying unto a thrice holy God, uh, Brother Dean, that he would hear her petition and he would give them a uh, safe traveling graces on the 13 hours in which they would drive. Uh, they didn't fu- uh, They didn't take turns driving. Bless God, they was one following the other one. Uh, they were fighting tractor and trailers on 995 through New York. Uh, Brother Steve, you know how that is in and of itself. You've been up through there. It's a rat race and Mama was uh, just a little bit uneasy about her daughter driving that far by herself. Uh, the Bible says here here in the book of Exodus in chapter number uh, th- uh, chapter number 2. <coughs> the Bible said and it came to pass in the 23rd verse that it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of their bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God. Uh, so the first point I want to say tonight, <coughs> I'll say it unto Miss Cindy and I will say it unto you. God still hears your cries. Uh, bless yeah. God if you've got something to cry unto God about, you go ahead and cry unto a thrice holy God. He will hear your cry. And bless God, he'll understand your tears, Uh, tears being a language. God will bottle those things up and bless God, one day you'll be revealed as to what that tear did unto Almighty God. And bless God, you mamas, you keep on crying. You daddies keep on crying. You grandmas keep on crying because the Bible said in the second chapter of Exodus, in that 23rd verse, that their cry came up unto God. I want you to know, Brother Steve, that our cries reach heaven. Our cries get unto God, Brother Brandon. <coughs> I keep on a crying. I keep on a calling out. Yeah. You raise her up before God, Brother Ricky. Crying out unto God and say, God, my daughter's going to need you in the days ahead. Her chasteness is in the balance. Her purity is before you, God. And I'm giving you to her, dear God. I'm giving her to you and you to her. I want me to, I want you to take care of her, oh God. And Brother Scott and Brother Derek and Brother Chris and Brother Preston, every single one of us, we've got something to give unto God. Right now, Brother Ricky, my kids are grown and gone. Uh, they married. We're empty nesters, which I like, by the way. But anyway, I, I like being an empty nester, but I'm going to tell you what. That doesn't mean I quit crying. That's right. It does not mean I quit crying for them. When Zach and Amber are out in Santa Clarita, don't you think that this man and his dear wife still cry for them? You better believe they cried unto God, saying, God bless Haven Baptist Church. I bless Haven. I bless Calvary. Bless Calvary down yonder and up yonder. But bless your children, oh God. I guarantee you, he's crying out for Miss Zach, uh, for Brother Zach and Miss Amber. I guarantee you, Hannah. I can't guarantee you that she still get called on once in a while, called out before God. I guarantee you don't give up on, on them just because they're, the Morgans are gone. and You don't just give up and say, God, they're out of my house now. You still cry out right. unto God for them. Right. Whenever the hand of the Lord is mighty upon them, he won't take it off of them. But you know what? God doesn't move, my friends. He's unmovable. He's immovable. So if anybody changes positions, who does the changing? He said, I am the Lord. I change not. So he's none wavering. He's not, he's not going to waver. We keep walking through the book of Exodus. I'm going to try to be real quick. I'm going to try to get this thing done just as quick as I can. Exodus chapter number 3. We're just You keep walking through Exodus because that's where we'll be the whole night. Exodus chapter number three, the Bible said that the cry came up before them in chapter two, verse number 23, <clears throat> and then verse number nine of the, 20, of the third verse, the third chapter, it says, now therefore here's the cry again. The Bible said that the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me, and I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. I want you to understand something. Where's the dear lady that's singing tonight? Is she still up here? She go downstairs, out, where'd she go? She leave? The lady that sang just a little while ago, she said she was having a hard time today. Let me say, she's not the only one that had a hard time today. Everybody in here has got a challenge to face on every single day. You can live for God or you cannot live for God. You can serve to praise Him and serve Him or worship Him or choose not to. But here they are. The Bible said that whenever the cry came up before God, God said, Moses, I'm going to send you unto them. I want you to know now that God still has deliverance. He didn't take you down to a bondage land and leave you down there without a deliverer. Bless God, our deliverer is not a Moses. He is a type of Christ. Moses is a type of Christ, but bless God, we've got better than Moses, A better than Solomon is here, A better than Moses is here. Bless God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And bless God, that son loved us so much that he gave us his life on the cross of Calvary. Oh yes, God still got deliverance. God still hears you cry. God still has deliverance unto you. You flip over a couple chapters in the book of Exodus, or chapter number 12, and we'll just keep walking through the book of Exodus. <clears throat> bless God, God still hears our cry. He still has deliverance, and I want you to know something. Uh, bless God, Brother Robbie, keep bringing in van kids to church. Uh, brother Ricky, you keep telling somebody about Jesus. Uh, brother, keep wearing your buttons and your pins and keep telling people about how much God loves them and how much that he loved them so much that he would die for them. Uh, keep witnessing and keep working and keep telling people uh, because it's all about the next point that I'll bring before you. Uh, the Bible says in chapter number 12 <clears throat> we would have to give you a full uh, uh, note on what took place but the children of Israel have ended up in Pharaoh's land in bondage and God sent Moses down there to get them out Pharaoh's not about to let them go brother Robbie and let me tell you Satan does not want to let you go uh, Satan's got a firm grip on people and he doesn't want to let you go and if he ever gets a hold of your children or your grandchildren I bless God, you better start doing with the first point that I started with which is crying over the thrice holy God and ask God the let them go. <coughs> but here we are in the 12th chapter of the book of Exodus. Uh, the Bible said, in verses number twelve one through 5, it said, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall you do at the beginning of the month. It shall be the first month to speak uh, of, of the year to, to you. Uh, speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, That in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them uh, every man a lamb, uh, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And, it, and, if, it, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him... Uh, uh, and his neighbor next to his house Take it according to the number of the souls Every man according to his eating make, uh, Shall you make your count for the lamb uh, Your lamb shall be without a blemish uh, Without a, the male with the first year You shall take it from the sheep Or of the goats <clears throat> And it said And you shall keep it up Until the fourteenth day of the same month And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel Shall kill it that evening And then uh, they shall take the blood And strike it on the two, uh, on the two side posts And on the on the upper doorpost of the house. And I want to jump down to get verse number 12 and number 13. The Bible said that when I pass through the land of Egypt this night, will I smite the firstborn in the land of all Egypt, both man and the beast, and all against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And listen is what he said right here, my friends. This ought to make a dried up Baptist shout, because it said, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, that when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you uh, to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. (coughs) Bless God. Not only does he hear our cry, uh, Brother Chris, and not only does he still have deliverance for us, but bless God, God still honors the blood. He's always honored the blood. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, and I still believe that that works today. Uh, Bless God. You said you preached that old bloody book, that old bloody religion. Uh, Bless God with Without it, we ain't got any hope. The book of Hebrews is the book of better. It's a better testament. It's a better covenant. Here it is in the book of Hebrews in chapter number nine. It said, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats nor of calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the bloods of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, a heifer sprinkled the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh how much more listen at this shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God my friends God still sees the blood and he will honor his word he'll honor the blood brother Chris when it's applied to your heart and your life God still keeps he still sees the blood tonight <coughs> Still in the book of Exodus, chapter number 14. We're going to preach the whole book of Exodus in 12 minutes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Exodus chapter number 14. When God becomes your deliverer and He's taking you to a place that you know not of, you might find yourself like it were with Father Abraham when He said, Take thy son, thine only son, meaning for Him to take Isaac. Isn't that interesting, brother? That he had, by Hagar, he had Ishmael. But do you recognize and realize that God did not honor that? Why? Because it wasn't his plan. He said, you take Isaac, take thy son, thine only son. You take him to a mount that I will show thee of. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He just knew that God told him to go, and he started going. When God is your deliverance, and he says you start going for him, Brother Steve, just go with him. You won't understand where you're going all the time. You don't understand all the things that's going to go while you're there. I'm sure that whenever y'all broke ground across the road, not knowing everything about it, how it's all going to come together, but somebody stepped out in faith to do it. Amen. Here we are now. I want you to see this. We, we have a mass multitude. Brother Steve, how many people were following Moses? Millions. Millions. I don't know how many it was, but millions of people. And Moses is... Got the rod of God in his hand. And he's walking and he's leading those people. Brother Ricky's got something in front of him now. It's an impassable, insurmountable object. We can't get past this. He's got a mountain on one side that we can't go over. Because lest we start going over the mountain, Pharaoh's people will catch up with us. Because we can't travel but so fast across that mountain. If we go the other direction, we're going to go across the desert and we'll surely perish out there. So what do we do? The people chided against Moses. What are we doing? What have you done? You brought us out here to to just die? Here we are in the 14th chapter. The people or Israel are rebelling against God. They're mocking Moses. They're crying out against Moses. They're ready to throw him overboard. Wouldn't it, God, that we just died in Egypt? Look at the latter part of verse number 12, that we should have just died in the wilderness. Verse number 13 says of the 14th chapter of Exodus, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go, go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I harden the hearts of the Egyptians, that they will follow them, and I will get me honor unto Pharaoh and upon all the host, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor among, upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. So you say, Preacher, what's that all about? It's the same thing that Brother Joe would have said whenever he looked over that pile of rocks, that that is rightly grandpa would have said unto those little children, Grandpa, what's up with them rocks? What does that pile of stones mean? It meant then what it meant now. And it meant now what it'll mean a 100 years from now, Brother Steve, that God will make a way. And when it seems to be no way, you don't understand it. You don't know how it's going to happen. You've got bills you can't pay. You've got children that need school stuff. And you don't know how you're going to buy it. You've got all these things that you're facing. And Brother Chris, you don't know which way to go. You don't see any way out. I'm, a, I'm at an impasse. I don't understand it all. Let me just tell you that if God can pass over over a bunch of people uh, through the midst of a red sea and let's uh, take them on the other side safely and then kill the pursuers behind them uh, by not just killing them yeah. but took the wheels off of their wagons and that they drove on hard ground uh, with no wagon wheels and then bring the sea back upon them. When you ask that question what does this pile of rocks mean? It means that God will make a way when there is no way. He will do that. I promise you. But you know where it starts out? It starts out with a simple cry. Yeah. The people cried. The people cried unto God. God reminded them, hey, I've got a deliverer. Send him Moses. Moses goes down, talks to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, I'm not going to let them go. God said, okay, I'll honor the blood. You won't let them go? I'll just do this. The death angel came. But he said, when I see the blood... I won't suffer the destroyer to come unto you. I'll pass over you. That's where the Passover was born. Then he gets them out there against the Red Sea. They pressed hard against the Red Sea. God says, look, you don't see a way. But, brother, your ways are not my ways. Neither your thoughts my thoughts. I've got ways that you don't understand, brother Ricky Thomas. When you don't understand, watch this. If God were a redneck and he's not, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's all powerful. But if God was, he'd say, hey, y'all, watch this. He'd have walked them right through that mess. And they'd have come on the other side just like they did. On the other side of it, we're still in chapter 14, verse number 24. It came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. When the devil's coming after you, hook, line, and sinker, and he thinks he's got you, and you fell in every one of those traps that I brought the last time, guess what? Yeah. The Son of Man can set you free. Right. He's got deliverance. You hear me? Go to, uh, you can turn there if you'd like. You don't have to. Romans chapter number eight. I want you to hear this just simply because it's good preaching and it's good scripture. It says these words (coughs) that what shall I say under these things in chapter number eight, verse number 31, that if God be for us, who can be against us? And then it goes on down to say uh, that who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress or persecution, shall famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things brother Brandon in these things in all these things did you hear me in all these things nay we are more than conquerors yeah. through him that loved us aren't you glad you're more than a conqueror yeah. brother Steve aren't you glad you're look at Brandon and say, Brandon we're more than conquerors Did he convince you? If not, I'll get Miss Tammy to tell you later. (laughs) Maybe you'll trust her. God will give you the victory. Exodus chapter number 16. We're just a quick walk through the word. We're almost done. We've walked you through the Red Sea on dry ground. We've seen you crying before God. We've seen deliverance come into your house. We've seen God honor the blood. We've seen God make a way where there is no way. We've seen God provide you with victory whenever there seemed to be no victory. You said, yeah, he just brought us out here to perish in this wilderness of hunger. I don't think so. Don't think so at all. Exodus chapter number 16, the Bible said in verse number 1, they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of sin which was between Edom and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after the departing of the land of Egypt and the whole congregation of the children of Israel, what they do? They murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said, that pastor of ours has lost his ever-loving mind. And the children of Israel said unto them, would to God that we had just died at the hand by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, when we did eat bread to the full? For you brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. <laughs> they Baptist, a They're Baptists. If they ain't a Baptist in the Bible, they're Baptist. <laughs> then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them, whether they walk in my law or no. This is why I had Brother Casey sing this song tonight. Then the Lord said unto Moses, I will rain bread upon them. There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table. And, brother, they had shoes that lasted for 40 years, those were not Nikes. They were better than Nikes. You don't need Colin Kaepernick bowing down with those things. God, the ones that God provided them didn't wear out. Can you imagine having a pair of shoes? My wife has got enough shoes to do her for eternity. If, if one pair lasts 40 years, you take the 10 million pairs she's got and multiply that times at least 40 years, she's got enough shoes to do through eternity. I promise you that. I had a Ford Ranger pickup and a wife. Been married three days and said we're moving to South Dakota. I was in the military, and I bought a truck, a brand-new truck. We put a camper shell on that thing. We put everything we own in a short-bed Ford Ranger pickup. Except we still didn't have room for the shoes. I'm I'm not. God is my witness. I think I counted at that time, Brother Steve, 110 pairs. And that's when we first got married. We've been married 32 years now. Multiply 110 times 30. She got at least 3,210 pairs. God help us. And she throws off on my one pair. Brother Ricky, I've got a pair. Not this one. They are the best shoes ever made. And I I went to Lowe's and I bought some of that shoe goo. I didn't know they made it. That is good stuff. The bottom started flapping. So I got some shoe goo and I put it on there and I put that bottom right back on it. Brother, they as good as the day They come off the assembly line. I love them shoes. As a matter of fact, I, I went to work Saturday. I had to work and I was going out the door and she said, where are you going? I don't usually work Saturday. I said, I'm going to work for a little while. She said, dress like that? I said, yeah, what's wrong? She said, those shoes... So when I got there, I took a picture of them and sent them back to her. <laughs> There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. Food on my table and shoes on my feet. You said, what's this point, preacher? That God will supply your every need. He will. They said, we, we don't have anything to eat. God said, hey, it's coming. It's coming in something called manna. And I would refer you to, you don't have to turn there, but I would refer you to John chapter number 6 for just a minute. The Bible said in John chapter number 6, in verse number 31, that our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you true bread from heaven for the bread of god is he that cometh down from heaven and giveth us the life unto the world giveth life unto the world then they said unto him lord evermore give us this bread and jesus said unto them ah Am the bread. Yeah, right. Bless God, I want you to understand something. God will supply your need according to his riches and glory. Right. And bless God, he owns it all. So he's not going to come up short right. when it comes time for Ricky right. Thomas' supply. He's not coming up short yeah. on it. Bless God, he will supply your right. need. It starts right. out. It starts out with a cry. Yeah. Right. It all started with a cry. That's right. It started with a simple prayer. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It ends up in a pile of rocks. With a bunch of kids coming along in the latter days saying, what's up with this? What's up with these rocks? Flipping over. I'm going all the way over to Numbers this time. Then we're going to close this thing down here just very shortly. Numbers chapter number 21. There's a parallel here that Jesus Christ mentions in the third chapter of the book of John. And we're going to close up on this here in just a little bit. My friends at Calvary, God keeps His word. I promise you he keeps his word. He's always kept his word. Let every man be a liar, but God's word's true. He's going to keep his word. If he said it, he doesn't need to say it again. We hear people all the time saying, we've not heard from God lately, and yet their Bible remains closed. They don't go to church, they don't listen to gospel radio. they won't listen to gospel music. They won't listen to contemporary or conservative. They won't listen to any gospel music. They won't listen to 106.9 the light. They won't listen to Joy FM. They won't listen to 88.1 or 91.3. They won't come to church, and then when they do come to church, they have a critical spirit about them. Say, "Why are y'all doing this? or why are y'all doing that?" Having no emphasis put on their own sin or on their own life or on their own need, on their own lack of a cry. Man you better start crying. You better start praying. Better start doing something on behalf of the little one sitting two chairs down. Better start doing something for the one that's coming up behind us. Robbie, you're a grandpa now. Can I ask you a quick pointed question? Has, you're what, in your 40s? You're still in your 40s? Has life changed any in your collective memory of being saved and being in church? And I say that it has. Brother Steve, you've got, what, about six grandchildren? Seven grandchildren. I missed one. Has life, you've been a pastor here 26 years, 20, 28 years. Has it changed? Has life changed? Has church changed? Has the world changed any in your 26 years? Sure it has. Sure it has. But you know one thing that's not changed? God. He he's unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So what's changed? What is Caroline, Brother Robbie? When she's 48, he's got the most precious little baby, little grandbaby. When she's Chris's age, Brother Chris, you're 25, 6. What's what's Caroline going to look at and say, it's only been 25 years, but look what's happened. I'm telling you what, my friend, she's going to look a lot different in 25 years than she does right now. But God's not changing. He's immutable. He's immovable. He's always God. God. He's never changing. So, what's changing is us. I'm going to close with this last little point right here. I want to go back before I get to that point and I want to hit that verse again, the latter one of the sixth chapter of the book of Judges, or fourth chapter of the book of Judges. Spake to the children that when your children so ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Whereas the little van rider would look up at me and say, Preacher, what's up with these rocks? That you'll have an answer, a ready answer, a right answer, a reasoned answer, a responsible answer, an answer to them that really truly makes sense. I, I see things through, a, I guess, rose-colored glasses because to me, uh, both of my daughters, they didn't give, uh, Cindy and myself, honestly, they didn't give us an ounce of trouble. I'm sure she was not a saint. I'm sure she did things that if we knew about, we would probably have been displeased with. And I'm sure that everything uh, wasn't exactly what Mama and I thought that it was. But thank you for not making us go to the jailhouse and bail you out. Thank you for not parading us to an abortion clinic. Thank you for not causing us to undo grief in a ministry of unplanned and uncaring and unwanted pregnancy. Thank you for doing things the honorable and the right way and saving yourself for your husband and doing the things that matter in this late state. Thank you for that. But all children are not going to do that. Some are going to mess up. Let me tell you, don't throw them out. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't don't discard them. We've got a God of second chances. The Bible said and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah again the second time. So we've got a God of second chances. But I'm going to go over to the book of Numbers. And here we are in the book of Numbers in chapter number 21. This is the last point. We're at 10 after 9 already and I know you're tired. You're wanting to go home. We're going to be quick. I'll probably never get invited back but uh, that's okay. The Bible said that the people had sinned against god and they were murmuring against god and they're just it's a mess the whole place is a mess and that's what i see america i see it's in a mess calling wrong right and right wrong and people don't even know which bathroom to use and got people running around all over the place doing all kinds of just abominable things in the sight of almighty god and you try to do something or say something or stand up uprightly before them and you're nothing more than a do-gooding, Bible-thumping, religious fanatic trying to cling to your guns and religion. And uh, we're, I'm telling you, we're, it's a weird, messed-up mess we're in. Yes. Right. But the Bible says in that 21st chapter of the book of Numbers that in verse number 6, the Bible said, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. There's going to come a time. There's something that's going to drive us to our knees. Something's going to get our attention in this land of plenty. They showed that little video, the home of the free and the land of the brave. Something, my friends, will drive America to her knees. You read the latter part of the book of the Revelation. Brother Steve, I wanted to preach the book of the Revelation. tonight. I had it all laid out. I was ready to preach the book of the Revelation. I was going to give you some things down there to help you. It went right along with your study. But God wouldn't let me go that way. But whenever you go there, America's a non-event at the end of time. You said, is America gone? We're still here. We're just not a superpower. We're a non-event. We're of none effect. So what happens? Something's got to happen in the latter day. Here it is. And it said that the Lord said in verse number 7 that people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he shall looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, He lived. Miss Macy, honey, if you would come over. I'm not sure how your sound text got that microphone, if Casey cut it off or left it on or whatever. But I'm going to ask Miss Macy to sing as soon as I get through with this. I'm going back to the book of John, chapter number 3. When they ask the questions, preacher, what's up with these rocks? Tell them that God will still hear their cry. Are you still crying? Tell them that God will still have deliverance. Do you still want deliverance? Tell them that God still has redemption and he does it through the blood. Has the blood been applied? Tell them that God will free you and make a way where there is no way of escape. When you feel like you're losing the fight, that God's the victor. When you feel that you're beyond your ability to supply to meet your family's need, your own need that God is your vast supply. And then when we get to this last part, the Bible said that those snakes, those fiery vipers would bite the people, but they would look unto that pole, that brazen serpent. I'm taking you to the book of John in chapter number three. And here's the final thing that I would say. God still keeps his word. God still keeps his word, my friends. Here's what he said in John chapter number three. Verse number 11 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye received not our witness. If I told you of earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven to the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And here we are. Listen at this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. And men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and that they are wrought in God. I would invite you tonight to stand. And I would ask you, that if you've been bitten, you've been smitten, you've been attacked by Satan. All he said was to those children, Papa, what does that pile of rocks mean? It means that God still keeps his word. When the fiery serpents would bite the people, all they had to do, Brother Brand is look. Look to the serpent. And he said as Moses raised that serpent... And lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And what did he say when he said, I'm telling you, Brother Ricky, he said he'd keep his word. What did he say? He said, and I, if I, be lifted up. What did he say beyond that? That I will do what? I will do what? I will draw all men unto myself. You said, is that where you're at tonight? And you got all that out of a pile of rocks. That's what God told me to bring to y'all tonight. Brother Ricky, when the kids ask, what does that mean? Daddy, what does that mean whenever they send that plate around and people's taking money that they've worked hard for? What does that mean when they put that money in there? You can tell them, son, honey, we're going, God's going to take that money, he's going to multiply it. And honey, you remember that video they showed at the first of the Hoffmans over in South Korea? Honey, it's dangerous over there. Certain people knew they were over there preaching the gospel. It could be, it could be awful. They could lose their lives in certain places for the cause of Christ. So what we're going to do, we're going to help send some Bibles over there. And we're going to help that Hoffman family to spread the gospel. That's what that means. We're going to keep doing it. Why? But they need the gospel too, honey. Right now you live in the buckle of the Bible belt. And you've got access to this stuff. Some people don't have that. And that's why we're doing that why do I see somebody go up there once in a while and pray honey they're crying unto God did you hear the preacher tonight say what mean these stones what's up with these rocks by reason of their bondage the Lord heard their cry honey they're up there crying they're just asking God to help them what's what's the problem daddy honey they may be in a way that they don't know any way out and they just need to be reminded that God is their deliverance that God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way Oh, they're gonna do, they're up there taking God at his word. That's all you're doing, Brother Ricky. Just keep telling it over and over and over. Miss Macy's gonna sing this song, run to Jesus. My friends, that's where I asked you to go. Because who can we go to? Where can I go but to the Lord? Whom to whom shall we turn? Where can you go? As she sings. Brother Steve, would you come up?
3: Yeah.
2: For a minute, if we bow our heads all around the auditorium tonight, you know, it could be that there's somebody here you this evening that needs to come to Jesus before you leave this place this evening. If, you
3: feel like if you're here tonight
2: and you don't know Christ is your personal Savior, Jesus. why don't you run to Jesus tonight? You say, Pastor,
3: do you think Lord, that He will take he me
0: rest. just like I am? And the answer to
2: that is yes, He'll you take you just as you are. While Miss Macy sings tonight, if you need to come, of course the altar's filled tonight. If there's a need in your heart and life tonight, just step out and make your way down to this old-fashioned altar. Will you come while we wait? Let go, let God have His way. You come
0: while we wait tonight. You come. You can look up this way tonight. Wow. What another great service.